but then we're going to get into the breezy mornings. Join us on Facebook Live now if you're a sport fan, and especially if you're a World Cup fan, as we say hi to Danny Hicks, the Brewers, our page. How are you, Danny? Yeah, we're at the business end of the World Indeed. Cup, aren't we now? With, uh, well, six of the groups decided. Um, we know 14 of the teams going into the last 16 already. The final one's to be decided tonight. But what a night of football it was again. I mean, we've had some thrilling, thrilling encounters in these last, um, these final group games. And, and it was the same last night. And the, and the upshot of it is Belgium, the world number two ranked side, are out. But probably even more of a shock, Germany are out at the group stage again for the second World Cup running. I, mean, I think it was Gary Lineker once said, football's a simple game, 22, 22 men kick a ball about and at the end of it, Germany win. <laughs> well, they don't anymore. They don't anymore. I mean, we're so used to seeing them at the sharp end of tournaments, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, winning penalty shootouts, always getting through. Yeah. Two World Cups in a row. Germany have home before the postcards, out in the group stage. I mean incredible there's going to be some real uh gnashing of teeth there in germany and what is going wrong with german football you know you've got bayern munich are all conquering and, and certainly great in europe but yep. it's not translating to the national side and hats off to japan again i mean talk about do it the hard way get through the group the group of death we called it japan germany spain and costa rica before the tournament they beat spain 2-1 yep in the opening game, we thought, well, that's it. All they've got to do is beat Costa Rica. No. Turned over by Costa Rica, who lost 7-0 to Spain. And then, um, sorry, beat Germany in the opening game. Then turned over by Costa Rica, who lost 7-0 to Spain. So I had to beat Spain to guarantee going through. 1-0 mm. down, 2-1 up. I mean, just incredible. And... At one point, it was it was all going so well for Germany. That Serge Nabry scored in the tenth minute, put them one 0 up against Costa Rica. A minute later, um, Alvaro Morata scored for Spain, put them one 0 up against Japan. At that point, Spain were winning the group. Germany were going through in second place, and then after half time, it all changed in the space of three minutes when this happened. It's good enough for Germany at the moment, but here comes Japan. Oh, oh yes. What an impact off the substitute's bench for Ritsu Doan. And here they come again, Japan. Into the danger area. Oh, it's in. Remarkable. Yeah, and 2-1 up to Japan. And suddenly Germany, didn't matter what they did against Costa Rica, if it stayed that way, they were going out. They went 2-1 down to Costa Rica, came back to win 4-2. It was all in vain. German tears. Spain huffed and puffed, but they knew that result would suit them. Uh, uh, they would go through as well. So they, they had loads and loads of possession. Second time this World Cup, Japan have conceded acres of possession to the opponents and won. 2-1, come from behind. Spain huffed and puffed. They could not blow the Japanese door down. <laughs> they didn't really have any clear-cut chances. Um, Japan held out, and the Japan goal hero, you heard there him scoring the opening goal, substitute Ritsu Doan. Yeah. He said his side had deserved it. Yeah, we are on fire today, second floor, especially in the second half. And for, especially the first 10 minutes, we are very good, and we scored two goals. It was perfect way. I think we deserve it, and it is not miracle. And we play very good. We knew it's uh, Spain, Spain the quality. They 
if they have the ball, they keep crazy ball possession. So we knew it. So we train a lot these three three days, and uh, I think we defense very good, especially second half. However, there was, as always in this World Cup, the the whiff of controversy. VAR getting involved again. Japan's winning goal. It looked for all the world like the ball had gone out uh, for a goal kick. But, and the goal was disallowed. Uh, hooked back in, um, Japan scored. The goal was disallowed by the by the linesman, the assistant referee, as they call them these days. But VAR intervened and said the ball hadn't actually gone out. And the goal stood. Gosh. Japan won 2-1. Have a look at it from various angles. There is one angle that shows the ball still was in. There's another angle where it looks like it's clearly out. FIFA haven't done themselves any favours or the VAR by showing us the angle and the sort of graphic to say why the ball was still in. Yeah. Um, so controversy will abound. Conspiracy theories abounding as well. Japan and Spain doing some sort of deal to knock Germany out. I mean, it, this <laughs> will happen. But the upshot is Japan are through as Group E winners. Would you believe the group of death containing Spain and Germany, between them five times former champions, Germany four times former champions. They're on the way home. Japan are through as Group E winners. They will face Croatia on Monday in the last 16. And Spain, runners-up in the group, scraped through on goal difference ahead of Germany after winning Uh their first game 7-0 and not winning again. They'll play Morocco on Tuesday. Morocco being the shock winners of, uh, of their group. But earlier in the uh, earlier in the night, we had more shocks. As I say, with Belgium going out, second ranked in the world, nil nil draw with Croatia. They've really been a disgrace. I think this Belgian side in the World Cup. I'm not going to mince words here. With all the talent they've got, Kevin De Bruyne. I know Romelu Lukaku up front is not fit, but they've got they've got the the former top. They've got experience to burn. They've got you know Vertonghen and and uh, Alderweireld at the back. They've got the Hazard brothers in midfield. They've got Axel Witzel. They've got Moulin. They've got loads and loads of talent in that side. They scored one goal in the group stage. One goal. You don't deserve to go through. I'm afraid Belgium, you are out, and it will be the end of this golden generation who are aging now. The golden generation of Belgian football who got them to number one in the world, got them to World Cup semi-finals. They're out of the group stage this time. I think that team will need to be broken up. They'll need to bring in some young players. They need to rebuild. Yeah. And it's certainly going to be the end after six years in charge for their manager, Roberto Martinez. And he said this after the game. It's been amazing. It's been six years that um, we've been able to do everything that uh, you want to do in a club. We did it in a national team, makes me extremely proud. And we loved um, the way that this team has played and, and is giving everyone a, an incredible joy. And the real fans in Belgium, they appreciated what this generation are doing. And it's, it's the time for me to, to accept that this is the, the last game. Yeah, well, that was Belgium's uh, Roberto Martinez. I'll tell you what I want to do right now. I've just had a thought, Danny, because a lot of people who mm. like listening to and, and messing around with you on Facebook, they're all going to be asleep because they're the serious football heads. I've got one from Tom. <laughs> he says, hello, from bleary-eyed, sighing Boon. So do your best. Tell you what, the Brewers app page, want to hear, because he's, he's really sticking his neck out today. He's not mincing words. No. So what do you think about Danny's um, take on it? His usual stuff. Never do. I mean, you know... 
Germany not being good enough, I'm afraid they they shouldn't if they if they hadn't lost their first game to they're complete about VAR and all the rest of it. But if yeah. they hadn't lost their first game to Japan after being in control the first half, they wouldn't be on their way out. Um Belgium, you know, they got no excuses really. Like I say, if you only score one goal in three games in a group, which contains, let's face it, well, I mean, Croatia. Oh, we got Croatia, Morocco, and and you know, I mean, if you only score one goal in a, get in a group like that, then you know you deserve all you get, to be honest. Um, but anyway, tonight we'll see the end of the group stages, and we're into knockout football from tomorrow. First up tonight, eleven o'clock to kick off tonight. Yep, uh, will be South Korea, who uh, need to beat the already qualified Portugal and hope results go their way if they're going to do a Japan and fly the flag for, for East Asia in this World Cup yep. uh, with their, you know, their talisman Song Hoon Min. Um, the other game is Uruguay v Ghana, which will be on at the same time. So 11 o'clock tonight, South Korea v Portugal. I'll be rooting for them, hoping things go their way in Ghana v Uruguay. But in that Ghana v Uruguay game, there are a few scores to settle because it's the first meeting of these two teams since 2010, an infamous World Cup quarterfinal in South Africa. And for Ghana, it's a chance to exorcise the pain of that 12 years ago. Uh, just a reminder, if people don't know what happened in that game, it was quarterfinal, it went to extra time, Uruguay won, Ghana won, dying minutes of extra time, uh, uh, Ghana cross came in, Dominic Adias header, Saved on the line by Luis Suarez, the Uruguay forward, with his hands. Beautiful save if you're a goalkeeper. Not so good if you're a centre <laughs> forward. He got a red card. Penalty was awarded. Seconds to go. Ghana, chance to go in the semi-finals. First African nation in the semi-finals of the World Cup in history. Asamoah Gyan misses the penalty. Luis Suarez on the touchline, celebrates like Uruguay have won the World Cup, having just basically cheated Ghana out of the place. So, inevitably, Luis Suarez, in a press conference yesterday, uh, Uruguay went on to win a penalty shootout, by the way, in that game, and go through the semi-final, and, and Ghana were out. Mm. So, Ghana have got a few scores to settle. Um, Luis Suarez was labelled the devil himself by the Ghanaian press after that. Uh an epithet that was brought up yesterday in his press conference. But Luis Suarez uh, was unrepentant. I don't say the apologize about that because I take the handball, the ball, but uh, the Ghana player uh, missed a penalty, not me. Uh, maybe I can say apologize if I take a tackles and take injury the player and take a red card. Maybe I can say apologize, but in this situation, the red, the I take a red card. The ref say penalty. It's not my fault because I don't miss the penalty. Yeah, that's that's quite the statement, isn't it? It's not my fault because I didn't take the penalty. I didn't miss the penalty. Yes, yeah, some, the some things you can change, and he ain't one of them. Yeah, I've got a footy comment for you. Still from you Tom. Get a kick in tonight, by the way, Louis, on <laughs> yeah, that. But absolutely. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Tom comes back, even though he's blurry eyed. He says, changing of the guard, Germany, Belgium, gone new blood like Japan and Senegal. Manager yeah. of the tournament, surely the Japanese coach for inspired substitutions. How about that? 
Yeah, and and also game plans that worked against some of the world's best, or supposedly the world's best in terms of defending, hitting on the break, full of energy. Yeah, uh, brilliant, brilliantly marshaled defensive uh, battles, and yeah, inspired substitutions, substitutes coming on, scoring crucial goals at crucial times. So yeah, so the final group will be decided at three o'clock tomorrow morning. That will mm-hmm. be Group G. Brazil already through the favourites. Brazil already through after two wins in that one. But any bit like that other group, any one of three, the others, Switzerland, Cameroon or Serbia, could join them in the next round. So we've got Cameroon v Brazil at 3am and Serbia v Switzerland. That will decide the final two place in the last 16, which starts tomorrow. I'll just run you through the games, what you can expect tomorrow. 11 o'clock tomorrow night, Netherlands v the USA. USA done great to get into the court, uh, into last 16. Can they match their best ever performance of quarterfinal? We will see. Netherlands, a bit like Belgium, you know, they're a bit like Belgium and Germany. A, a great power in the past in world football, but are they quite there this time? I'm not so sure. Then we got Argentina against Australia. Where's Aussie? Australia got through after getting absolutely hammered 4-1 in the opening game by France and you know, nobody gave them a hope, really, getting through. Australia through to the last 16 for the second time in their history. They take on the might of Argentina and Lionel Messi, who have come good after they they dropped, you know, dropped a shock defeat to Saudi Arabia in the first first match. That's three o'clock on, on uh, Sunday morning. And then uh, on Sunday, we've got France against Poland. France also looking very good, you know, although they, they put out the reserves and lost last night. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, to Tunisia uh, the other night. It doesn't matter. You know, they were already through. France v Poland and uh, England against Senegal. England, uh, very impressive again against Wales. They had a bit of a blip against the USA. Joint top scorers in the tournament, nine goals up against Senegal. But Senegal, very, very impressive. Another one of the African teams. Then Monday, we've got Japan against Croatia. We'll have the Group G winners from tonight against the Group H runners-up on Tuesday, Morocco v Spain, and the Group H winners from tonight against the Group G right. winners, and that'll be your last 16 lineup. And then we get into quarterfinals, semifinals, and so on next week. But as I said, England are the uh, tournament's top scorers, wow. and um, you know many people sort of say they had they weren't great against the USA, but they did what they had to do. They are unbeaten in the group. They've they haven't you know they've only conceded. Goals against Iran in the first game when they were already, you know, way in front and got a bit sloppy at the yeah. back. They've looked very, very solid. Um, and they're getting goals from all over the pitch. You know, they've got they've, everyone scored apart from Harry Kane, but Harry Kane's the leading assist provider in the tournament. So, um, you know, he, golden boot last time, but, you know, someone like Marcus Rashford has been brilliant. What a free kick and, and what a performance the other night. So players are coming in. And, and inform players are being left on the bench, like Bukayo Saka who scored two goals in the first game. So England have got an embarrassment of riches, really, going forward there. They're looking good. And uh, their holding midfielder, Declan Rice, uh, the West Ham player, has been talking about how good England have been. And he said, rather than England fearing other teams in this tournament now, the other teams should be the ones who are fearing England. The nations would always look at us and think and look at the quality that we've got in the squad you know, why, why, why should we not be feared? You know, if you look at our attacking players, you know, we have world-class, unbelievable talents across the board and across the whole team. Players that have played in the biggest games, won the biggest trophies. 
So look, we are one of the biggest teams here, um, but look, it's down to us to prove it on the pitch. Obviously, teams like the French have proved that. You know, they've won a World Cup um, and they've done it consistently. And obviously, now we want to change that. So, all them big nations, you know, we want to show that we're here, and you know, we're not just here now to get into the round of 16. You know, we want to go the whole way. Yeah, so there we are. Uh, England don't fear anyone, fear. says Declan Rice. And why should they? And, you know, with Germany and so on out. Spain, you know, so impressive, 7-0. Not been so great since. France, probably look at France and Brazil. I said last week they looked impressive. I still say they're the best two teams in the tournament. France, mm. the holders are very hard to back up. You know, very, very few teams have won back-to-back World Cups. The last ones to do it, Brazil, in 1962, 60 years ago. So that's the task at hand for France. And they have got a lot of injuries, and that may just affect them as you go deeper into the tournament. You need you need strength in depth, and that's what I like about the England squad is that they seem to have strength across the board. You know, players come in, players come out. They've uh, Unfortunately, Ben White's had to go home for personal reasons, one of their defenders, but uh, they've got plenty of cover there, and... Um, you know, it's going to be a tough one because it's always a fascinating contrast, I think, when like an African team play a European team or they play a South American team, as we've got with Senegal playing England, because they're different styles of football. They'll be very physical, Senegal, very quick. They're very good footballers. And it's not a start, although we play along, a lot of the players play alongside these players in, in Premier League and leagues around Europe. Be- because of the nature of football, there's a World Cup only for every four years. It's why Ghana are only playing Uruguay for the first time in 12 years. Right. Because teams from those continents don't meet each other. So I think it's always a fascinating contrast of styles and anything can happen. So while I'm quietly confident I think England can get to the quarterfinals and maybe go on further, it's always a difficult one when you're up against the Senegal. I, m- I remember Italia 90 when England played Cameroon, who were an unknown quantity at that time. 2-1 down in that, two goals from Gary Lineker, eventually a uh, penalty and, and, and then England, two penalties uh, won it for England. But they were given an almighty scare by Roger Miller and co. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of a scare from Senegal, you know, who scored a few goals this tournament themselves uh, yeah. on Sunday night. So I'm looking forward to that one, actually. Have a look over your shoulder. Sleepless night for that one. I'll have a look over my shoulder. A few more minutes with Danny Hicks. We're on Facebook Live on The Brew. And yeah, um, what's going on in the round window? He's got Pakistan v England on behind me. And what a day, I mean, what a day for England sports fans yesterday. Germany go out the World Cup and England's cricket team set all sorts of world records against Pakistan. First time back in Pakistan <laughs> for 17 years. Yeah. Scored 500 odd in a day, which is a record for an opening day of a test match. By the way, four players made centuries, which again is a record never been done on the opening day of a test match. Um, Zach Crawley made the fastest century in history by an opening batsman in a test match. Mm. 86 balls. England scored 174 for naught in the first session, which is the highest scored in the first session, etc. I mean, I could go on and on. The records have kept tumbling. Now, they've come out in the same vein. Play started at one <laughs> He's gone o'clock all our time. <laughs> and um, Ben Stokes came out and smacked the first ball back over the bowler's head for six. So the intent was there to score quick runs. Just look over. England are 585 for seven at the moment. So they've added 81 runs in what, 45 minutes this morning? So they're not holding back. They're almost got 600 up. 
you know, who knows what we could get. But this is such an exciting, refreshing form of cricket England are playing at the moment. I mean, they've got 600 on the board. We're not even at lunch on the second day of a test match. This is unheard of. Somebody told them that T20 World Cup is over and, you know, they're playing test cricket now. They don't have to bat at seven, six, seven and over, but that's what they're doing. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch. So if, you, if you're a cricket fan, get yourself in front of a TV because it's it's great. And I'm... If, and it's England's first test match in Pakistan for 17 years because of all the security problems there. Sure. And I should think the Pakistan captain, Babar Azam, at close of play yesterday, wished they'd bugger off for another 17 years <laughs> the way they were put under the cosh yesterday. But it's a very flat pitch and Pakistan have got some class batsmen. So I expect them to score runs in. and wickets. And England now have the task of having to take 20 wickets to win that game. They've got four days to do it almost. Yeah. But it's not going to be easy on that flat pitch at Royal Pindi. But fascinating cricket in prospect. And meanwhile, in Australia, Australia against the West Indies, um, another flat belter of a batting pitch. Two Australians made double centuries yesterday. Steve Smith and Manus Labuschagne as they made 598 for four against the West Indies. And the last time I looked at that, West Indies were 150 for one. So not a lot of wickets falling around the world of cricket at the moment, but a huge amount of runs being scored and the World Cup's on in football. Top job, Danny. Back next week at the same time. Have a great week. 